This is Katie from MTL Katie, and you're listening to Under the Influencer. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Under the Influencer. Thank you so much for tuning in. Even though I have been a little MIA, sorry about that. You know, when life gets in the way and my like actual paying job takes priority, unfortunately, that you know happens. This isn't my full-time paying job yet. Hopefully one day. (laughs) And I'm actually really excited about this podcast uh, because as some of you who follow me may know, I was the keynote speaker for Startup Fashion Week's Business of Fashion Conference. So so that was held two weeks ago at the Alt Hotel in Montreal. Uh, Shout out to Jody, who my last podcast was about. So if you haven't seen that, go watch that first. So you get a little bit of context about what the event is. Um, you can you can find that where you found this one, actually. So yeah. <laughs> so I did a 40-minute presentation on influence marketing, and not just anything influence marketing. I really wanted to focus on how to tell if an influencer is authentic, because I'm, I'm seeing that more and more, you know? I think we're all understanding how to be an influencer. It's easy to fake it. It's easy to pretend you're an influencer. It's easy to buy the followers. Um, so I really focused on the main ways, the most obvious ways that you can tell whether or not an influencer is like a real person, someone who's genuine, someone who's doing things authentically. Um, so I, I focused on three main things. I won't give you any spoilers. I'm going to, I'm going to start the presentation now. Um, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. And if you were, uh, if you were there, please let me know because it was, it was a really cool experience and uh, I want to catch up with everybody I met and it was a lot of fun. So Hope you enjoy the presentation. So um, this is uh, this is me under the influencer of fashion. Um, so let me start quickly by introducing myself. There we go. This is my face. My name is Katie DiCaprio, and no, I am not related to Leo, although I do wish I was. Um, I am the marketing manager for the Concordia Stingers. Any Concordia grads up in here? Yes, okay. And have you been to Stinger Games? Yes. There you go. Football, maybe, hockey, okay, good. So I like to hear that. But so I'm the marketer for um, all things athletics at Concordia. So all the sports and all that. And if you know me at all, you'd say, what? (laughs) I'm wearing a pink skirt. So you know that maybe I'm not the most sporty person. Um, but uh, when you work in marketing, it really doesn't matter what you're doing. It's, it's, it's the marketing that counts, right, which I'm obsessed with. So um, that's my full-time 9-to-5 job. And then I recently launched my podcast called Under the Influencer that talks all about um, anything influencer-related, whether it be uh, influencer marketing or the fashion industry in Montreal. I kind of touch upon a lot, and I bring in different people. So Jody was... But Jody was uh, was was on my podcast a few weeks ago, and that's how we met, and we just hit it off, and here I am today. So, without further ado, I wanted to start this by, with fun tech, since tech is a very important part of our day today. I would ask everybody to go take their phones and go to Slido.com. You may need, I don't know if the Wi-Fi is great here, so you may need to take off the Wi-Fi. But everybody type in slido.com and you'll be asked to enter a code. And you type in SFW Montreal. And what that is, that'll allow you to ask me questions throughout the platform, uh, throughout the presentation rather, without having to lift your hand or interrupt or maybe you're a little shy and don't feel like talking out loud. You don't have to. All you have to do is uh, ask me the questions through the, um, through the, the the platform. So let me just show you our first question. Get the ball rolling. So once you once you're logged into Slido.com, you'll see you can it'll you print uh, SFW Montreal. The question should pop up on your screen. So once you have the question, so the first question is, what is one word you would use to describe an influencer? So once you can put it in, press send, and it'll show up here. We'll make a nice cloud here of all of our words and try to get an idea of what an influencer is. Amazing, amazing first word. Come on, guys. We're like 60. That number is at four. Trendsetter, nice. Likeable, sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Go on, write it. Write some words. You might more than one, as many as you want. Gets, gets the conversation started a little bit about influencer marketing and about influencers in general. Publicity, obviously, what they're mainly used for, right? Advertising, publicity. So far, it seems pretty... Um, positive, which I'm very happy about. 
because I was I was I was expecting something negative up there, and I wouldn't have said no to it. I wouldn't have disagreed, which is okay. Very nice. Cool. Princess. Now that's hilarious. Very, very funny. I like that. I like that. Maybe just two more minutes. Get your questions in. Get your answers in, rather. Awesome. Well, that's a great start. So yes, influences, the first thing that pops to mind, or that pops to mind is selling, right? That's what they're there for, that's what they're used for. So that's a great, it's a great first start. And I, and I like all of the money, aspirational, inspiration, photography, yeah, sick. Typo. Oh. <laughs> what was that meant to be? That was supposed to be slick. Slick, okay. Well, you can say sick, they're, they're sick. As long as it's like positive, right? Uh, could not be. Um, and then the next question that we're gonna ask is he, who in this room here, and this should be popping up on your phone now, who in this room here has worked with in influencers before for either your brand, you can lift your hand, or you can type in to the whichever you feel like, but I just want to get a, a sense of who, how many people know a little bit about the whole marketing influencer world. Yeah, love it, cool. You guys don't have your phones out? Okay. Okay, so we've got a nice mix, but okay, wow, 50-50. Equally, yeah, roughly. Awesome. Okay, so now we got a, a, a good idea of kind of how we're how we're doing in the room. So I'll just stop this. Um, awesome. So let's get right into it. So let's start with kind of defining what influencer marketing is. What is influencer marketing? So at the basis of what influencer marketing is, it's basically using someone in your sphere or using a leader in a particular industry or field to help sell whatever it is you're promoting, right? So whether it is jewelry, you may, you may choose an influencer that is a little bit more jewelry oriented, use them to help promote your brand, right? At the basis, that's what it is. But let's be honest, we, about, we all know it's, it's evolved since then, right? We, we saw the word princess up in there. We have, there is a sort of connotation associated with the influencer industry, and that's what we're kinda gonna, we are going to go through a little bit today. Yes, love it. Okay, so just to give you a little bit of an idea for those who haven't yet worked with influencers, I, I, take, I took two Dior ads here. One from Vogue, beautiful, Jennifer J. Law with a horse, and one, another from one of my favorite influencers online called Damsel and Dior. And what you can see right off, I don't know about you guys, but when I look at that one, I'm thinking, really nice, but I don't like to put my horses in pictures, personally, so no, no one has a horse, right? <laughs> I mean, it's beautiful, it's nice, it, it's, it's on brand, but what is the authenticity, what's the connection that they have with the consumer there? Probably not much, right? I mean, I don't like to take my horse out when I'm wearing a gown, um, but some people do, right? So that's where that disconnect happens. Whereas here, she's literally in front of her house, she got the new bag, she, and look at the amount of engagement she has. She has over 5,000 or 4,000 followers, or people who liked this picture, and then countless others that interacted with it in any other way, right? Either they were sharing it, or they were commenting on it, they interacted it with some way or another. So right off the bat, you're getting so much more interactions and connections with your followers and with people who wanna buy your stuff, rather than this one that was in Vogue magazine, right? So in terms of reach, it's almost incomparable. Um, so just going to show you just some numbers, just to show you how big of an impact influencer marketing has on the industry today. 77%, and this is a really good thing for I think people in the room here, but 70% of, of marketers said that they ran their own influencing campaigns in-house. So this is affordable. This is a way that, this is something that you can do even if you're a startup, if you're a new company. It doesn't take a lot of capital, it doesn't take a lot of resources to run an efficient influencer campaign. Over 50% of online populations follows a celebrity or an influencer online. 50% of the online population. We're talking 50% of billions. That's insane. That kind of reach you can't get with a Vogue magazine, fortunately. 49% of buyers rely on influencers. So not only are you reaching more people, but half of those people actually rely on what they see on social media and on the influencers to actually make a purchase decision, right? So you've got this formula that's been created for you now that exists that we should all be utilizing. So let's jump right into it. What are the types of influencers that exist today? Um, 
There is a lot of school of thought that comes into this. I've seen it broken down into 15 types, but I thought for simplicity's sake, I'd keep it at three. Um, so we've got our celebrity influencers, the, the, the Kardashians of the world, the a little bit the unattainables of the world, right? I put Kendall as an example because she's my favorite Kardashian, uh, or Jenner. Um, over a million followers, but a very low engagement rate. That's usually what you're looking at when you're looking at it, a celebrity influencer. Then we've got our macro, but that's been known to be broken down a little bit further, but I, for, I, I, I put it all together. Macro influencers between 10,000 followers and a million, and engagement's gone up a little bit. Not by a lot, but you're getting a little bit more engagement. And then we've got micro, and yes, I, there's a shameless plug for my Instagram, follow me at <laughs> Um Micro influencers, so that's looking at below 10,000 followers, and this can even be broken down further into nano, right? We're talking 500 followers, maybe 200 followers. They are still considered influencers in some way or another. So each of these three types of influencers have three different objectives or goals. So for the celebrities, the unattainable influencers that we, that we know, the Kendall Jenners of the world, awareness. If you're working with a celebrity influencer, you wanna get the word out. You just want the most people to see your brand as much as possible, right? If you're working with a macro influencer, it's a little different. Yes, you'll have more awareness, but you'll have a little bit more of a conversation with the, with the, with the, um, the person liking the picture, right? With the audience. So it's more of a storytelling method, right? Getting them to engage and to see how to use the brand in their day-to-day -day lives. And then you've got your micro-influencers, which are the thing that we're going to be looking at today because it's the most valuable in terms of ROI, in terms of investment, in terms of anything else, because that's where you get your engagement and your conversion, right? That's where you're going to be able to see how many people bought or used your product after being advertised with a, with a micro-influencer. So work with me, I'll sell your brand. At the end of the day, though, everybody's an influencer, right? Everybody sitting in this room is some sort of an influencer. We've all been influenced in our different choices. Either way, you've been influenced in some, in, some, in some way. Now, what's happening with the whole influencer world is they're trying to recreate that connection that you have, right? So they're saying, okay, if you're more influenced by your family and your friends, let's try to recreate that relationship that you have with them and apply it to some randoms like me or like any influencer that exists, right? So what's happening is it's creating these unauthentic relationships because yeah, you're trying you're trying to sell something to, to someone as if it's your sister, but it's not your sister, right? But they're trying to recreate those brands. So what's happening is that, and this is a quote that I said in one of my podcasts that I that I think is absolutely true to this day. All authentic people are influencers, but not all influences are authentic people. And that's what's come and that's what's happening in the world of social media today, right? Everybody sitting in this room is an influencer. But not all those who are called influencers or who work as influencers are necessarily being the most authentic selves. So today what I wanted to focus on is give you the tools and the look and the know-hows to know what the difference is between an authentic and an unauthentic influencer and what you can use to kind of know and the red flags to keep up when you're looking for who to, who to choose to be an influencer for your brand. Sorry, I'm trying to see if I get it to work, but... Uh... So yeah, so how can you tell if an influence is authentic? Three main ways. I made it really simple, three ways. First way, stories. Stories are becoming one of, becoming actually more important than posts now with the new updates that they're making in stories. If you're not active on your, on your stories, it's a first, it's a red flag. So let's say you found an influencer in your niche with the right amount of followers that you think, that you think is interesting. Do a little research, follow them for a couple of days, follow their stories, are they active? What are they talking about? Are they are they talking about their day, or are they just pushing brands, right? So I did a, I did a nice little poll on my Instagram as well, and I, I wanted to know what my followers felt, and overwhelming percent said they're authentic if they have a story presence. If they are active on their stories, it's a really good identification that they are authentic people who are upstanding citizens of the social media world. <laughs> so that's something to look for. That's definitely an important one. Next, we've got partnerships, the types of partnerships that this person or this influencer is already worked on. So I took one of my favorite Montreal vlogs. Anybody know Ariane Tonka? I follow her. You follow her? Love it. Um, she owns, she's an influencer in Montreal. She owns her own PR company. She's kind of like the girl boss of Montreal. I'm a big fan girl. I saw her biking yesterday and I almost hit her with my car. Um, in a good way. Not like to kill her. Um, so she, on her Instagram, is very sporty. She does a lot of things like she runs marathons, 
And she went, like, this is her in her bed. But, you know, other, other things are just very, very sporty. So when she became the brand ambassador for Under Armour, no one blinked an eye. It made sense. I, I, honestly, I was thinking, oh, hasn't she always been the brand ambassador for Under Armour? Which is kind of the thing that you want people to feel when they start working with a brand, right? It just, it makes sense. And if they're choosing partnerships that make sense with their brand, they're probably trustworthy to work with you, right? Because they'll only work with you if they think that it works with their brand. If they think that there is a partnership to be made that is authentic, it's a really good sign. So Ariane is one of my biggest examples of that. She works with the NFL as well. She's really only taken partnerships that fit with her, fit with her personality, fit with her brand, fit with her persona. So that's definitely the, most, the second most important thing to look at. Not only are the brands making sense, but what is the type of content that they're producing, right? So both of these, both Montreal bloggers as well, um, they both are advertising a brand of some sort, but they're doing it in very different ways, right? We've got Tiffany Lay, another, another big Montreal blogger, who is telling me to buy face masks, but she's in bed with her boyfriend on, on TV or on the computer and her cat. And I swear to God, it took me two seconds to flip and click on that brand to see what it was because I thought it was hilarious and it fit with her brand because she's always posting with her cat. Again, it just makes sense. Whereas maybe for this one, which again, no, no shame on her. I, she, she's one of the bloggers that I love as well. But this one is a little bit less natural, right? You're thinking, okay, it's great. She drinks coffee, but it clearly looks like it was paid almost like a second thought, right? All ah, right, I gotta make a post for this brand that I have to work with. Okay, let me just post real quick. So that's kind of the, the image that it's giving you, right? And it shows in the engagement, it shows in the type of everything that she's getting. And yes, I think I'm one of the only few in the world still that have access to people's likes. Do you guys still see people's likes? Yeah? So we're three. We're three in the world, you guys. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still freaking out. I'm like, when's Instagram gonna notice that these are I still see everybody's likes, which is awesome. Um, so yeah, so that's just, so what kind of brands are they, are they working with, but then also what type of content they're creating. So all that needs to come into, into your mind when you're looking at influencers. And now you are last but not least, you've got the followers. Unfortunately, we say that numbers don't matter. Well, they do. We live in an Instagram or social media world. We still gotta look at the number of followers people have. But it's not the only thing that you should be looking at, right? It's not that number there, but it's who these people are. So when you're doing the research and you found an influencer that you like and that you found something that fits your brand, do some digging into who those followers are. So one of the, the first things that I say is geotagging, right? Look at where those followers are from. I, uh, I did a lot, a lot of research on influencers myself and oh, I found this beautiful Montreal blogger, I really wanted to collaborate with her and then I looked and I was like, over 50% of the followers were from Indonesia. And I said, cool, but maybe probably a red flag, right? <laughs> Doesn't really make sense. So you're thinking, okay, they're probably bought, or they're probably something that they invested in a long time ago and forgot about. Either way, those are probably bought. Then you look at the proportion engagement. Do the, does the engagement make sense, right? So everything can be bought on social media. So let's say the number of followers makes sense, but they're getting way too many likes for the number of followers they have, or maybe too little, right? There, there, should, there should be, the, the right number is 20%. 20% engagement max on the post ratio to how many followers these have. If it's more, I'm not saying it's necessarily wrong, but it's a red flag, something that should be looked into a little bit more. And then last but not least, yeah, the unusual spikes. So if you don't know, um, I'm gonna give you a really secret tool. It's really, really epic. It's called socialblade.com. And if you go on this website, you can see how many followers an influencer is gaining day to day. So usually, you know, it'll go up steadily, maybe even a line, maybe it'll dip a little, totally normal. But, you know, if, if, if this is happening, probably a red flag, right? Because it means that that spike that was happening was probably means that she bought followers or he bought followers, right? So we're increasing 30 a day, 40 a day, 10, okay, cool, 669, <laughs> 34, 20, that's a red flag. So that's definitely something that you have to pay attention to because again, everything can be bought. You can fake authenticity in all three of these ways. So it's important to kind of keep your eye open and really focus on these little details that'll make a big difference. Yeah. Uh, I have a quick question. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm, I'm Samir's husband. Actually. Nice so to meet you, Samir's husband. I have a coffee shop, but <laughs> this just goes to the number of followers. Um, I recently noticed my own coffee shop with with, uh, with my Instagram I started getting rapid growth. Congrats. My number of followers. Good. Um, Maybe all free. In Indonesia. Really? Random, okay. Philippines, India, okay. the UAE, everywhere in the world. Yes. Um, people I don't recognize, people I've never seen before, the yeah. jobs or whatever. 
Yeah, so that's a, a beautiful, horrible technique that some brands or some companies use to sell their their um, their services, right? So they'll give you 700 free followers, and then they'll write you an email saying, "Hey, I gave you a gift. Didn't you love that?" And then they'll say, "Buy more." Right? It's a really good technique. And one of the uh, very popular, and I'm looking at Nicole because she she knows too, but Katie, I think she she said the same thing. One of Katie Chung. Yeah, Katie Chung. Her name is. Um, same thing happened. 700 followers in a day. She said, whoa, 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 don't know any of these people. Super random. Her Instagram actually got suspended as well because they think that you bought them, right? So it's dangerous. Unfortunately, there's not much you can do to protect it from it. Um, I, I would just say be on the lookout, watch, you know, but be careful. Yeah. You can write to Instagram as well. I think that's what Katie did. Wrote to her and say, listen, I got these followers. It, it wasn't me. It happened. I know you suspended my account. I, I don't know what happened. And then you have to go from there. But it's a horrible technique that companies use to make you interested, right? I got you 700 followers. Is there I can get no you way more. You can, del- you can block a follower. I don't know how many you got, but Tiffany couldn't. Yeah, so Tiffany, who got 700, said, I can't. It would have taken me all day to sit down and block every follower, right? So all power to you if you've got the time and the patience to block every follower, which is ridiculous. But in case you don't, write to Instagram. See if there's anything you can do there, and yeah, it's kind of the only thing that I have. So, sucks. It happens though. It sucks. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you have to trust your gut, right? And this is something my mom, who's in the back there, told me since I was a little girl. If something feels wrong, it's probably wrong, right? If you're looking at an influencer and you're seeing everything else makes sense, but you get this really weird feeling that it just doesn't click. Listen, there are billions of us, and I say us. But really, I don't know if I consider my influence. It's a whole topic for another day. But there are billions. Don't settle. Keep looking. Keep looking. You will find the influencer that really matches the brand, the service, or whatever it is that you offer. You will. So keep looking. But trust your instincts. If something feels off, then there's probably a reason for it, right? So let's say you found your perfect influencer. She or he has the perfect amount of followers. The engagement makes sense. The content they produce is beautiful. What's the next step? Right? And this is where the influencer campaign or the brief comes into play. So when you're creating a brief for your influencer, there are five aspects that you need to consider. And I'm just going to, now, again, if you've worked with influencers before, you know this. This is, I'm not reinventing the wheel. But what I can tell you from an influencer perspective is what I like to see when I get a brief. So there are various objectives that come into play when you're using an influencer, right? These can, and these are just some of the most common ones. I mean, you could invent your own. There are all types of objectives, but these are the most common ones. Brand awareness. Maybe you just want people to get to your new website. Maybe you've just launched a new website. You want to create traffic. That's another one of your goals. Increase social media presence. Maybe you just want to get more followers, more likes, more engagement. Frank and Oak did a really great campaign with that when they launched Frank and Oak Women, and they just got all the influencers, and they gave them all $500 gift cards, and they said, do whatever you want with them. Just do something with it. And they all did something different. Some did contests, some bought $500 worth of clothes. It doesn't matter. It got everybody to their social media because they were like, well, what is this? I need to see it, right? Sell and generate leads. Probably one of the hardest ones, but it's an objective. It's an objective, right? You want people to buy your stuff at the end of the day. And when it comes to objectives, I think the biggest advice that I can give you is just be honest with the influencer. I cannot tell you how many times it's happened that I've gotten a brief and I didn't know what the objective was. I was like, okay, they want me to create content, cool. But what are they trying to do with my content, right? Are they trying to sell? Are they trying to generate? Like, what is the goal? So if you can, and it, sometimes it has to be stupid. Like, black and white. I want more people to like my social media page. I know it sucks to write that, but it helps the influencer know what kind of content and where it should lead, right? So be as open, as transparent as possible from a, from a brand perspective, and the influencer can only do better in producing that content for you. Budget, huge thing that comes into play when you're talking about influencers. Um, and there's no secret magical formula for this, right? And the most common ones, and these are the three most common social medias that that, they're, that brands work on, but for Instagram, $10 per 1,000 followers is the, the usual rule of thumb. It's changed, so let's say I have 5,000 followers, I should expect to be paid 50 bucks per post, roughly. Um, you can also go on engagement, so a lot of different influencers say, yeah, I don't have a lot of followers, but man, my engagement's really good, I wanna pay, I want people to pay me for that, right? So it totally depends on the type of influencer you're working with. It's something that is gonna be negotiated if you're working with an influencer. The type of budget is never be expected to just send something to them and it'll be accepted. If they are, good thumb your, but if not, it, it will take a little bit more negotiation. Um, again, 
this is the next, I don't work with these two, so I'm less familiar with them, but there is a cost to working with influencers with, uh, with them as well. And Facebook is another one, but we all know Facebook is for our parents and their parents, mm -hmm. that's what I'm hearing now. So I think these two are, yeah, I'm looking at you, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> deliverables. Deliverables is probably the most important part of the brief. And yeah, I use my examples here again because I could, I could share a little bit behind the scenes of what happened behind these campaigns. These are three campaigns that I work with. Um, the first one, head and shoulders at the, at the top left, very strict guidelines. I would say, okay, I need to have one deliverable. It has to be in a bathroom. It has to be surrounded by water. There has to be some sort of a plant involved because that was the whole thing. They added a plant to their bottle. So they're like, put a plant in there. I don't even think I did. No, I don't think I ended up doing that. <laughs> it was so specific that it left basically no room for me to be creative, to do something cool and to promote their brand in a different way, right? But what's the pro for that, right? The brand gets to control the message pretty much 100%. They know exactly what they're getting. So there's pros and cons for each of these. Then flexible guidelines, which happens more often, where they say, okay, here are some general guidelines, here are some you know, tags to use, some accounts, to we want this type of color. Like for this one I did, it was the cider. It said, you're not allowed to drink the cider in the post, which was very hard, but I did it. Um, I don't know what that was. I don't know if that's a specific rule. It's a law, it's a law right? Yeah, that's what I figured. So I didn't drink it. Um, and then they had other things, like it needs to be in, like at a camping site, but it doesn't have to be. It can also be that. So anyways, it was very flexible, right? So it allowed me to create something unique without, but at the same time, keeping the brand's image intact. And then the last one, um, it's a company called Majuri. They make jewelry, right? So make very fine, delicate jewelry. And they have a, a program called The Fine Crew, and they choose a few influencers around the world, and they just send them stuff. I don't even know when it's coming. Send me jewelry in the mail. I know it sounds like really great, and, and it is. Um, but no guidelines at all to what I have to post. They say, here you go, here's a necklace, here's a pair of earrings, post it within the next two weeks. Great, looking forward to see your content. So it allows the influencer there to be extremely creative, which is an influencer's dream to always work with companies like this. But at the same time, what the brand is losing is control, again, control over the message, control over the type of content they'll be getting at the end of the day, right? Now, it seems to work for them. They have no complaints. I love working with them. Um, but, you know, all three will get you different types of content. And the, and the type of engagement that go along with it is very uh, significant as well. So that's something to keep in mind when you're creating a brief. What kind of um, details you're giving uh, to your influencer as in terms of deliverables. Now, payments. Payment, payment, payments. This is a, a big deal as well. Um, most, you know, at the basis of the thing, right? You pay someone, you pay a, a, an influencer, you pay someone to do a job for you, you pay them in cash. But when it comes to influencers, there's a loophole because we like to be paid in product, which makes you guys happy, right? Less expensive, or it tends to be. Um, so that's a huge advantage that you have. Maybe there's not a huge budget, huge investment in marketing, but you'd love to get your product in the hand of someone who's got some influence. Now, when it comes to micro-influencers, and I include myself in this, the main thing that they want to feel like is they want to feel like VIPs. They want to be treated, they want to feel like they're treated like the queens and kings of the world. So send them a product, a personalized note, invite them to a PR event, we're happy. But when you're getting into macro-influencers and celebrity-influencers, that will not fly. <laughs> they want to be paid because they've dedicated their life to creating content. They want payment for a product that they're producing. Both are absolutely legitimate ways of paying your influencer, but you need to be so clear about what that influencer wants in terms of payment, expectations. Open the discussion up now because the worst thing you can do is not tell them, send them a product, and then they're extremely pissed or they're really unsatisfied, and then they can take your product and do whatever you want with them, right? So you have to be really clear about the expectations in terms of payment from the beginning. Um, so this is the big um, risk when it comes to paying someone a product. Um, there was a big controversy uh, over the spring that, um, that I talked about on my Instagram. But what happened is that people were doing closet sales, right? Every spring we get rid of new, get rid of our clothes to make, new for, to make room for new, right? We all do it. Um, but I, I, I pointed something out. I said, a lot of the stuff that's in these closets was given to you for free. And they're selling it. Right? That's my, my face was like that too. I was like... <laughs> Is that okay? And that was a big discussion that I had with my whole Instagram on, on my podcast. Is it, 
Should we be selling things that we're getting for free? Now there's two very different schools of thought when it comes to that, right? You've got the influencers that say, hey, you paid me in product. It is then my will to do with it as I please, right? And that's your product and that's your payment and there's nothing to say. But then on, from the brand's perspective, they say, I went out of my way to send you a product because you know we want to work together out of goodwill and now you're going around and making a profit off of something that I didn't even make profit off, right? You're kind of stealing from the brand. So I had a lot of brands come to me saying, no, 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 and the influence saying, yes, 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 yes. So, so there's a clear difference when it comes to this kind of stuff. So just, it's not, it's, it's, it's just being brought up now, so there's no rule of thumb when it comes to this. It's just something to keep in mind. If you're paying an influencer in product, you don't have control over where that product ends up. And, yeah? I was going to say, it's, it seems like the, it, it's parallel to when you pay someone with cash. You don't then get to determine how they spend that money. Yeah, so. that's a really good point. That's a really good point. But if they turn around, if they're po so this is my issue. Let's say new Instagram post, they're posing with their new blazer, and they're like, I love my blazer, guys. Buy it online. Here's a 10% promo code. Go. <coughs> and then I'm like, and that and the person is like, yeah, I'm going to buy it. There's a 10% discount. I'm going to buy it. And then two weeks later, they're selling it in a, in a closet sale? What does that do in terms of the authenticity, right? I'm not talking about, you're right, ethically, there's technically nothing wrong. You, it's your payment, you can then do it as you please. But if just speaking about influencer ethics and something to keep in mind when you're talking to influencers is what is that doing to the, to the image that the influencer is giving out? Again, there's no rule, no one's gonna get mad at you guys for doing anything, no influencer is necessarily doing anything wrong at this point because there's no rule, but something to keep in mind. Um, a cafe I recently did again with the cider. So they asked for one post, and they asked for a couple of stories. So they asked me to send the analytics two weeks after it happened. And not written out, not in an email, they said screenshots. You can't fake that. <laughs> you can't fake that. You can, write, you can write anything in an email, right? I got 20,000 likes, and I got 60,000 people writing, you can make that up. Only you have that. Only you have that. Absolutely. Except for, and I think we spoke about it before when you collaborated. But that's. I mean, I don't even have access to that yet. I think that's higher than than we're at now. Um, but this kind of stuff is really easy. And everybody who's an influencer who has a business, you have to have a business account. But if you're an influencer, most likely has a business account. Ask them for screenshots, little screenshots of what they've done. Super easy. Send them up to two weeks after. Give them a, a good amount of time to get those likes, right? Because let's say. I want more likes on that picture for the brand, I'll share it in my stories, I'll do what I can to get more engagement out of it, but give a good two weeks. I had one that asked for 24 hours and I was super sad to give them that because I wasn't happy with the results that I got after 24 hours, but two weeks gives you a nice amount of time. Sir? Well, I want to like, also add up on as an outdoor influencer, um, oh, my fancy. impressions, I can't, uh, sometimes I can't really control them, as yeah. in sometimes I have 50% of my uh, Let's say uh, twenty thousand impressions. Half of them are ashes. Yeah. So I had Palladium boots being like, "Oh my God, I love it!" They, then they went. They made me work with moose doubles, and then I didn't have as much on hashtags, so I had like half Great. of my impressions. And then you know, like it's, I kind of feel like it's a bit tricky. To, Very tricky to like uh, pay in proportions to analytics. Yeah. You're right because hashtags is a really important thing that comes into play. We have it. I don't talk about this at all because I think honestly, hashtags whole other thing, <laughs> right? Because you can make whole campaigns based on a hashtag. I'm like you can be, you you choose the right hashtag, your engagement can go through the roof. Easy, easy. Uh, yeah. What exactly are impressions? Impressions are the amount of people that have seen it. Does it mean they engage? No. Or the impressions, it's just that. So what is the story or they both that yeah, so again, impressions is really important. So how many people have seen it? And then you get from where they've seen it. So that they saw it from your homepage, from your profile, from hashtags, or from other. That's really important. Um, the accounts that it reached, where they were coming from. Profile visits, how many people visited your profile after they saw your ad. That was for a post. You get different types of interactions based on posts and stories, right? So from stories, how many people clicked on each sticker? So let's say, for example, here, I tagged the cider brand Four, four, four clicks, right? Versus my friend who I tagged in there got 36 clicks. <laughs> so we see what's more important. But she's beautiful, so it makes sense. Um, so yeah, impressions, follows, you know, based on the story, who, how many people followed you, how many people went back and forth, which I always thought was really weird as a type of engagement. Like, you know when you're on stories and you go back, sometimes you go forward, they tell you that. Like how many people went back to see your story again versus how many people just skipped it, right? That's a huge, I mean, I don't know if it's very important, 
useful. But all that stuff you can look at. And in terms of a magic number, there really isn't any, right? So if you're paying someone, let's say you're paying someone with 5,000 followers and you're, you're expecting a certain return, you can't force that that's gonna be the return they're gonna get. It's a risk, right? Like any marketing technique. You put something in a Vogue magazine, you don't know exactly what your ROI is gonna be. Marketing at, the, at, at its base, is a risk, right? You're trying to advertise your brand, trying to get more ROI, trying to get more average, awareness. Like you should expect like 10% of the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, engagement rates for micro followers are about four um, percent, and then that goes down as you go up. So I've got my macro influencer here now that I know. Oh, got two. Um, so your engagement rates, because they've got fifty thousand followers, they're getting. Oh, pretty. Oh. Still pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> um, 1%, 2% engagement is still really impressive considering, right? Because I've got 5,000 followers, my engagement rate is. 4.06% engagement. But again, it's all, it's, it's, you know, and it depends what kind of brand uh, um, campaign you want to create. So the thing about macro or micro influencers, and I'm not dissing you, <laughs> um, the type of relationships that the client or that the person is creating with the brand is much more significant when we're looking at micro, right? Because the followers that I have are smaller, they're friends, I know a lot of them personally maybe, I've met some at their events. We're talking on a smaller on a smaller scale. So maybe if you're looking at creating a campaign that you really want to emphasize relationships and, and you want, it's like you're buying from a friend or a family when you're buying from a micro influencer. Whereas macro, you may just be buying from, it's like a billboard. Right? You just wanted people to see it. So that relationship aspect is less, is less important. How do you differentiate or try to understand engagement based on likes and comments? Because likes, it's just like, yep. anyone can give a like, but if you comment, it means you're more engaged with your friends. Comments are becoming more important than likes. Stories are becoming more important than comments. You know what I mean? There's a, there is a, a list of, of importance, right? Like is the easiest thing to fake. Right? It's the easiest thing to buy after followers. So it's, it should not be the only thing that you're looking at. It should be, and this is why you ask for analytics. You want to look at more than just comments and likes. You want to see how many people shared it. That one, that little thing here, is how many people shared it between themselves. Right? So you saw it, you literally liked my post and you shared it to Nicole. Or you saw it and sent it to someone else. That's how many times it spread the world. Well, it's only once, but still. Um, <laughs> Uh, without really you knowing you. about it, sorry. That's once from you. It could have gone. Well, this is actually once from anybody. This oh, is a, this is not from me. Yeah, yeah. This is a follower who said, "Hey, cool. I'm going to send this to someone else." Or, "Haha, look how crazy this person looks," which is always the scary thing. I always like to think it's like, "Oh, this great, great. Look at this content. It's so great." But it could be like, "Oh yeah, look at her face." And then this is how many people have saved it. Saved it for later. Saved it because they liked it, saved it because they hated it, either way they saved it. But these are really important things to look at. I, I probably could have taken one with a little bit more. I promise I do. I have some with more. Um, <laughs> this is just an example of a campaign because at the end of the day when you have hashtag ad, you're always going to get less engagement, right? When people see that you're making an ad, they'll always say, oh, okay, yeah, maybe you love the brand, but is it the most authentic thing? And it's hard to prove. So you're always going to expect a little bit less engagement on ad posts. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. Is it too late to ask on this analytic after one month ago I asked an influencer? You can ask you can ask from a year ago. All that stuff's oh, okay. in the archive. Yep. Okay. They have to have archive turned on. But most influencers do. But yeah, if they have archive turned on then they can I can see up to a year ago what my uh, what my engagement was. So yes. Yes, totally. And one more because I'm not really understand about Instagram. Huh? Did you can see the one save your post? The one who said, you can see. The I can't say who. I could just say it was sent. See, I can't say who sent it. You cannot. No, but I can say it how many times. Number. Yeah, okay. exactly, exactly. We're not there yet. Maybe when like the FBI gets into <laughs> <laughs> Right now I can just see how many times it was sent. Okay. Thank you. I think that's it. Yeah, go for it. Um, that's a good answer too. Yeah. How do you uh, approach bands? What's the best way to approach brands? You know what's interesting? Because there's no, again, I get that question a lot. But we've got brands in the room. So what I'd like to do is get your perspective on it. Because I don't know the answer either. I mean, there is no right way to do it. You can, as many times as you can say, hey, look at how many followers I have. I'd love to work with you, right? In my, in my personal experience, when there's a connection there. So I bought a bathing suit recently, and I really liked it. I was like, this is a really good bathing suit. I want to work with this company. And instead of saying, hey, here's my media kit. Follow me. I really want to work with you. It's brand. Look how well it's already worked. I'm getting a ton of engagement on the post already. I'd love to do it again. 
if you're interested. And then the brand says, okay, you're not full of crap. You already bought my brand, right? <laughs> so you may be probably interested. Um, but I don't know if any a brand in here or service has an, an idea of what's the best way an influencer can approach them. Or one of my projects, um, when, an, when an influencer comes to and just say like, ask, okay, um, can I have one of your product and I will do some stuff and microphones and stuff? I don't like that, but if, if, the, if, the, if the influencer comes and I realize, I see that you know the brand, yeah. I don't know if I realize that, yeah, it will be like a brand or anything a few weeks ago, a few months, or it knows the, um, well, the brand, so that's much It's so weird when they approach you, but they don't already, they don't follow you yet. Yeah. You're like, are you kidding? Do you not even know who I am? Or you want my free stuff? Like, it's, this is where the authenticity thing comes in. What are they doing? What are they trying to get at? Uh, I think you lift your hand first. Yeah. Oh yeah. So my question is more on the like it seems like once you've taken off, it seems like it's an interesting like, kind yeah. of But it must take so long to like build your community and to like oh. not be able to get people to like you and like I don't know. Yes. Like, how long does that even take? Because that sounds like it's a like a whole project on its own. It's a whole project. And it can't be done overnight. It can be done overnight if you buy the followers and the bots and all that but stuff. Like realistically, realistically six years it took me to get 5,000 followers. And again, I'm not 100% active on it. Maybe I'm not the best example. Um, but I've, I've known people who build it in a couple years. I've been to data analytics a little bit. Right. Me and my friend talked about it. And like, we think that a lot of like the big, big, big ones that like made it, like are like celebrity. A fashion blogger. <clears throat> Dime a dozen. Dime a dozen, exactly. So it was a lot easier back then when the competition was a lot less intense, for sure. Still doable though. I'm not. I'm here preaching that like, it's not my five, nine to five job, and I don't think I want it to be just because I love my job. But this is fun. Like this is fun, and you can do it. And if you want for a brand to build it, just be patient and just engage, engage, engage. Just, if I've got one thing you have to take out of here, is just engage. Yes, it's going to take time. Be on Instagram, like. Follow, comment, engage, 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 share, all that kind of stuff. It just makes you higher up on the on the list of, of people that are going to see your things. Lots of questions. I think I have like one more slide left. So I just, I think, oh no! Perfect <laughs> 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 time! Awesome! Okay, so like, yeah, take your questions. Go for it. Yes. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, You've been okay. here. I've been, yeah, yeah uh, I've been well, bitching. I'm on the opposite side, okay. so I get a lot of requests yeah. from employees. You're like a brand. Yeah, exactly. I'm assuming it's replica. Yeah. Nice. The issue is just like kind of weeding out all the, the bots and the fake accounts yeah. and everything like that. I get a lot of requests from people, a lot of emails and yep. a lot of DMs and stuff. And it's just uh, it, it, it's just like you're overwhelmed with all the all these people who are asking for things. And yeah. It's just like a little bit. They want freebies. Sometimes. They want a handout. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So like finding the right influencers. This has been a huge uh, issue for me since okay. starting my brand because like some people flake out and some people are really loyal. There are certain influencers that I work with who have been loyal from like the beginning and they're that, like I keep giving them stuff because I keep getting engagements back nice, and everything. Nice. But it's just you get a whole wave of people just like oh I got 80k followers da 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 and you're like I'll give you a deal I'll only charge you a hundred bucks this time exactly I mean to try I'm to get you in minimum, like not even following my page or engaging <laughs> with the stories and stuff it's just like a total but I'm glad to hear that that you guys see it yeah. you know it's 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 good from from my end when I see you know we tend to always see the same influencers we've all seen it right we're a lot of us are from Montreal you know, there's five or ten influencers that get all the all the campaigns, and you're kind of like, okay, do I have to work with them? No. Like, is there a real connection? Is there something that's going to come out of that? Is your so I think yours is more streetwear, right? If I'm yeah. 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 So you wouldn't choose me. I would never influence it. This is what I wear to work, and what I wear 99% of the time. It would make no sense for me to wear your stuff just because with my brand and my person, it doesn't make sense. So yeah, I mean, for, and the people who reach out to you, right? It all depends. Sometimes they're good. I've gotten a lot of cool things out of it, but sometimes they are fake. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's one thing that I've been trying to like refine is how to weed out the bots. Totally. And that Hopefully, just takes a lot of experience. Yeah, it does. A lot of, In time. Kind of like detective work. Detective, exactly. You know, so. Detective work. Yeah. So I forgot to ask you, uh, it's relating with my last. Okay. Okay, so when I try to approach an influencer, yeah. because the content is really like 
my fits your brand, yeah. yeah. So I just approached her, and then I don't know. I'm searching in Google. She's one of the famous influencers right now. So yeah, it's just one post. It's the three thousand likes. Wow. So I just want to ask you because uh, before this, I don't know. I need to ask the analytic. Yes, captures. Yeah, and uh, I just want to ask you after that, what I do if I see the analytic? So at the time, I just oh wow, one picture three. Yeah. You want to know what, what came out of that, right? Yeah. Like, what, how many people are coming to I just visit to uh, watching the comment, yeah. many like, because he posted two, two pictures of my dress and installed it too. Wow. Yeah, That's so, awesome. Yeah, so I just don't, everyone say, wow. That is wow. Yeah. That is wow. wow. Yeah. Well, that's, that's up to you, right? That's up to the brand. I've worked with um, brands that say, we wanted to go on, so L'Oreal, one I, one I recently worked on, they said there are three stages in it over six months. So I needed to post three times within six months with analytics sent every two weeks and anything else I'm missing? Yeah, no, right? Over six months, but they wanted it to be a long-term thing. Some brands say, here's a one-off. Right, Majuri is another one that I and I've, it's been it's been a year now, and that I keep working with them. So maybe I don't know for you specifically. I don't, I don't know exactly your company, but if it's a dress, um, try to think of a long-term plan. You know, you're right. One one post is like a billboard, right? You put yes. your billboard up. You've yes. gotten a beautiful reaction from it, a lot of engagement from it. Great, but in marketing, we say it takes seven times, right? So someone sees something seven times before they make a, a purchase or before they make an action. So. That's something maybe to keep in the back of your mind when you're thinking of campaigns, right? This is a beautiful first start, but maybe that influencer could do six other stories within the next six months to kind of keep the top of mind for whoever's seeing it, right? But yeah, it's a, it's, it's a difficult situation, but as long as you're creating a strategy that's long-term, okay, you so could get good results. The analytics, uh, when I see your post, I just see oh, too many engagements, but when I see the you're capturing your yeah. analytic, what I can learn about that? What I can do after I see the analytic? So who was your goal? This, to send it to this, your, was the goal of your picture, really, was it to, to bring to your website? Was it to, what did you yeah. expect from it? Because I'm not really on Instagram, so this is the first time I see this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's important? And you're right. I think you're exactly right. The goal. What is it? Did you want people to go follow you on your Instagram? Did you want people to follow you on social media? Did you want people to buy your new dresses? Like, what was the actual outcome that you wanted from this? And if that's not been established, then now you know what to do for the next time. That's the first thing you need to think of. Right? Because if you just wanted a billboard, listen, that influencer did its job. And beautifully, if I might add. I haven't seen it. I'm assuming. Um, but they've gotten 3,000 likes and a bunch of comments. That's a beautiful billboard. Because at the time, I just, because uh, I follow all the good content, and then I just, this is the first time I send message. It's just for fun, and then I leave my phone. I never open it. And uh, two days after, she replay, and then I'm like, oh my God, she replay. I cannot stop smiling all day. That's <laughs> awesome. Because after I, Google, she's one of famous influencers. If you know her, it's in the Panther in style. So I'm like, oh my good. So all the comments from Indonesia. And this oh, that from. makes sense though for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, where I'm from. I'm from Indonesia, but I'm going like from another country. <laughs> You're like, they're all from Montreal? That's weird. <laughs> okay, awesome. And you know what? I'm here for the cocktail thing. I'm, I'd love to chat and see what we can, I can help you with. Okay. Thank you. Everyone, we're going to give you No, I don't. She's like, oh, no. No, I'm here. She was so ready, though. She was so ready. She was like, sure. Thank you so much. That was, anyway, like, it's the most raw Instagram account that's legit that I follow. Like, sometimes I do, I see her doing her stories, and I'm like, I would 
you know, do a little bit of a filter? No, maybe not? No? No. Nope, okay. Nope. You got pimples and everything in my skin. Yeah, and I think it's very, very healthy, especially when Eileen was talking about the fact that in the States you can see the lights, but in Canada you can't see the light. I think following something like that, it's so healthy because you're like, I can relate. I can wake up, just maybe wash my face though, and then do a post, and I'm still okay with it, right? And then you see your followers, and you know everything is organic. So, and she oh, made me discover something recently about mom, I'm not okay. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah. There, there's this incident that's going on in the fashion industry, and I got to learn from it uh, on her page, and I actually went there in person, and it was just so beautiful. So, Montreal locals, we gotta support each other, and people from Toronto too. Right? So let's all support each other. Um, so you can still hang out at the terrace. We're having a networking event. And I'm going to say one last thing. My personal view on networking, I say I don't go to networking event to collect business cards, but to create business relationship. Walk up to anybody. Talk to them. You never know who's who. I could walk up to you and you're going to be, I don't know, my next collaboration that's going to, you know, Take me where I need to be. So walk up to anybody, say hello, say hi, compliment them. Like a compliment is free. I mean, I like the color of her dress, and you know, and it would probably fit me too. So just so you know, there you go. So you guys can all head up over there. That is my conference. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I mentioned a lot of, you know, my favorite influences in Montreal that I like to follow. I gave my tips and tricks. I hope they were useful. And I do want to dive into this a little bit more with different people. And what I like about, you know, Nicole, who recorded the podcast uh, while I was presenting, is that we actually even got some of the questions and answer period too, which was really interesting. So I was able to talk to a lot of different um, people, business owners, small business owners, models, uh, photographers, micro, macro influencers um, that were able to kind of share their experience on their, you know, their experience behind influencer marketing and authentic influencer marketing. Um, and I was extremely happy to kind of exchange with them. And I met a lot of interesting people. So again, I love Startup Fashion Week. It was an amazing experience. Now the next event that they're having, I know there's one in Vancouver, but I think the, the more you guys are more able to go to the one in Toronto, which is in October, I believe. So check them out, Startup Fashion Week. I'm still trying to plan uh, to go to the Toronto one. Hopefully I can get the time off of work because I want to do this all over again. I want to meet a bunch of interesting local artists and fashion designers and not even just that but like people in the industry the people we don't see the makeup artists the you know the 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 hairstylists all of that stuff they're all part of the industry and they all have their own small businesses so if we can help each other get there then we're doing something right all right so uh hopefully you enjoy this podcast and of course thank you for joining me under the influencer